welcome back to another edition of Hashtag Alvarado Excellence. And with me as always, Alvarado ISD Superintendent, Dr. Kenneth Estes. Uh, did you have a good weekend? It wasn't, I mean, it was a busy weekend, but it wasn't too crazy. It was just, uh, you know, a weekend. Yeah, it, it was. I was just trying to think what, what all occurred, you know, the, this weekend. It's it's always good to uh, obviously have the good weather and, mm-hmm. and to be able to get things accomplished and you know, sometimes, like you said, it's just a weekend, but those are good weekends, right. uh, too. But I had a unique opportunity, uh, something I've not done before, uh, leading into the weekend, I went to the Alvarado Youth Association, uh, Sports oh, Youth yeah. and Sports Association banquet, and it was really great. I was invited by the uh, board president for the AYSA, uh, Mr. Jacob Ponce, and it was just really neat to see them celebrating our younger scholars. Uh, we get to see a lot of the older scholar type mm-hmm. things and so I've been to some of their games and you see them on the field but it's a little bit different to see them in that environment with their coaches bra- bragging on the cheerleaders and the football players and so it was a really nice event and I thought the AYSA did a great job uh, putting that together for those kids. Awesome all right so we'll start with we'll go in chronological order starting last week it was a crazy awesome week all the way around our scholars from performing to uh, sports on the weekend, winning tournaments and stuff, it was a it was a fantastic week last week. So we'll get started with the Alvarado Junior High Talent Show, which had been postponed a couple of times because other it was supposed to happen on a particular night, but then other events were happening on that same night. And so finally got it in last Wednesday night, and a great job, uh, Miss Barchu and Miss Grimm put that together over there, and uh, great to see scholars and not and scholars out of the school dynamic they're kind of right they're performing they're singing the had the kid that did a rubik's cube i think in 42 yeah. seconds that was impressive uh, by the way <laughs> right <laughs> so uh, just cool to see scholars showing off their other talents that not just the scholarly talents but the talents they have outside of school as well you know i had a parent stop me at the basketball game later in the week and she specifically mentioned that she appreciated that that scholar that may not be involved in sports or other things. It was, it was her child, but that he was recognized for his ability to do the Rubik's Cube. I think <laughs> right. he finished second in the yeah. contest. And she said, you know, what a special place where you would acknowledge all talents, not just, you know, maybe the ability to play sports or sing or something, but that, hey, that person enjoys that. And right. as he shared with us, there's not many people in the world that can solve a Rubik's Cube and certainly can't solve it that quickly. And, and so it was great to see. I agree with you. I just so impressed with the kids' uh, abilities and their courage for getting up in right. front of people. I, and I know I've said that several times, but I know at that age there's no way. Mm-hmm. I don't. You could have given away a million dollar prize, and I wouldn't have gotten a, on nope. stage and tried anything, let alone singing or as uh, your child did the gymnastics and tumbling <laughs> routine. It was really. I was I was really impressed and really thankful that they put that together because when you talk about a talent show, you go, what are you going to see? Right. But it was very diverse, everything from someone creating their creating and writing their own monologue to, like you said, the Rubik's Cube or, or the dance or tumbling routine. Uh, fantastic job by all. Yeah, I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, in between sixth and eighth grade, I don't even know what talent I would have tried to showcase at a talent <laughs> show. I don't know if I had anything that paper I could, football. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I don't even know sure. if I could have 
done anything at that point that I would have had a talent good enough I would want to show off. And, you know, we had, I think there was uh, 10 yeah, scholars, I think, I think that performed. Yeah, I think so. 10 to 12. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I could have done like a, maybe at that time I was good at paper airplanes. I don't know. I don't know. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to think. It's like, we're really into paper football. Most people right. don't know what that is. But, <laughs> you know, you're right. I mean, it certainly wasn't going to be singing or playing the piano. <laughs> I mean, really, it's... Right. Uh, or an instrument. I'm really impressed with with all our scholars. And and now, granted, in seventeenth grade, I was in the band, but I oh, okay. was not near good enough that I was going to try and showcase that in front of anybody. <laughs> to, I wouldn't have passed the auditions, the video <laughs> auditions, or whatever it was. All right. So also Friday night, we had the City of Alvarado Light Parade put on by APEC. Uh, had campuses, scholars, uh, organizations had a lot of involvement. Uh, from I think it was, I think I saw North and South were there, I believe the Spirit Squad, Drumline, uh, just a another great opportunity for the community and the school district to come together and, and put something on. Yeah, it was uh, something you and I participated in last year, and yep. it it, uh, it had a conflict with the AYSA banquet that I attended, so I didn't get to go. But I really regretted not getting to see it because I was really impressed last year when we went, and then seeing some of the pictures and knowing some of the initiative that went behind some of our scholars' involvement. I really appreciate that. Uh, I know you probably wouldn't do it, but I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and brag on your <laughs> son, Kincaid. He put together the drum line uh, yeah. to participate in the light parade, and he bought the lights, and they decorated their drums, and uh, the picture that I saw was fantastic. It's just really impressed that the initiative from – we didn't make it mandatory for any groups to participate, but they just jumped in. And you talk about it all the time. Hashtag Alvarado Excellence stands not just for Alvarado ISD, but for the city of Alvarado. And I'm proud that our community is trying to do these things. And I know we have another event coming up this Friday. They talk about maybe next year it'll be one big event. But it's just something really special for our community. And you can't complain that we don't have things to do when the city's working right. really hard to put together. And I appreciate the APEC group that sponsored this, uh, sponsored the Light Parade. All right, so we talked about, you know, all the great things that were happening and all the achievements over the weekend. We also got, we got high school all-region band. Uh, and what a, another impressive, uh, I don't know if you say performance, showing, whatever you want to call it, by our Golden Warrior Band. I believe I counted 24 uh, scholars made either the honor band or symphonic band for all region. And I'll run through these real quick. On flute, we have Charlie Redding, Isabella Smalley, and Kenley Brown. Oboe, we have Guadalupe Lopez. Clarinet, Floor Queller, Brianna Hiltz, Carla Lopez, Brianna Riggin, Kate Walraven. I'm sorry, on alto saxophone, Kate Walraven and Patrick Hennigan. Contra bass clarinet, Anna Walraven, bassoon, Madeline Oster, trumpet, Eden King, on French horn, Victoria Vargas, Jack Dietz, Abigail Garcia, trombone, Hector Velasquez, euphonium, Wyatt Linder, and Gil Moncada, tuba, Vanessa Lopez, Carlos Diaz, and Braden Brainerd, and in percussion, Daniel Trillo, and Gavin Rios. So, out of all those... If you're high enough in the honor band, you also qualify for area band, which that is you're an all area band. You get to go to the final tryout to see if you make all state. 
We also had several of those. So on flute, Charlie Redding was actually first chair honor band, meaning she is the was the, the best flute player in the region. So she's actually first chair all area as well. Impressive. <laughs> and so uh, very impressive there. Uh, same thing with Guadalupe Lopez on the oboe, first chair honor band, all area. Uh, Floor Queller and Brianna Hiltz, also on clarinet, were all area. Kate Walraven on alto saxophone, all area. Uh, Anna Walraven, first chair honor band, all area band, contra bass clarinet. I uh, see here. Victoria Vargas on French horn was four chairs so she's in the honor band, four chair honor band, all area. Hector Velasquez was third chair, so he's in all area. Wyatt Linder on euphonium. Uh, special shout out to my fellow euphoniums. <laughs> I, for, I forgot this. You mentioned that last time. Uh, first chair honor band, and so he's all area, and so is Gil Moncada. He was fourth chair in the honor band. Uh, Vanessa Lopez, Carlos Diaz were also. Uh, high enough in the honor band to qualify for all area. And Daniel Trillo was third chair honor band for percussion, so he's all area. And so a number of scholars with an opportunity to, to move on and uh, earn all state honors as well. That happens in the first part of January. Uh, I know Mr. Uh, Deach is proud of the, the hard work they've put in, and uh, we can't say enough about the, the job our band scholars have done so far this year. It's, it's just the quality of music is just fantastic, and I know we'll get into a concert a little bit later but it's, it's it really is and we don't have a state marching band without the quality of uh you know the kids that can play at these high levels and mr deets always says wait till concert season you thought mm-hmm. marching was good wait till concert season and our concert season success is is based on just having so many talented and skilled uh, players and i think what i've heard talking to some of these parents is that it's not as much as God-given talent. There's a ton of work and effort that goes into prepping for these auditions. And so to have this many kids moving on to the area around is fantastic. And I, I'll say something that was shared with me last night. One of our parents was talking to me at the junior high concert, and she said her scholar noticed that a lot of the other kids were dropped off at this competition by their parents uh, that there wasn't a group large enough from their school wow. to require a bus. And she said <laughs> when Alvarado rolls up in a bus uh, that it's actually there's a little buzz about that basically Alvarado is here. Right. And then to see our kids go in and, and do so well, it's it's really uh, fun and exciting and impressive. And I guess it is hashtag Alvarado excellence. Very awesome. All right, JROTC had another competition over the weekend. They continue to – highly successful right they uh, <laughs> think they're trying to to make a name for the or they have made a name for themselves across the area right right so they get go to south grand prairie over the weekend and finish first and third in the two competitions and they're just kind of ramping things up now i think they have the state competition in january i believe yes and so a uh, fantastic job there and I, I know i don't i don't know the ins and outs of jrtc i know you participated in it in college i think but uh just a, a special group of instructors and kids right now that are uh, kind of setting the setting the standard for what Alvarado JRTC is going to be in the future. I, you know, it's just one of those things where you can't walk around and, and be proud enough. I, you know, you don't want to become arrogant or, or anything else, but some schools have a little bit of success here or there, but not across the board. And so just to see our JRTC program doing so well, and we're super excited about the efforts of Lieutenant Colonel Corbett and Sergeant Major Smith. They 
have really just put their stamp on our, our, our program that was already fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so they're just taking it to the next level and excited to see what happens in January. I, I know that can lead to a national uh, birth or, you know, a, a, right. a, an opportunity to go to the national competition. And something I want to speak to is on the JRTC side, I've noticed now they have a booster club. Right. And it, it's great to see the parent getting involved in the JRTC thing. I think they provided sandwiches or some kind of lunch for the for the kids last Saturday while they were at South Grand Prairie High School. But uh, anytime you can get a some kind of a, a a group of parents together to support their scholars in an event, and I don't know that we've ever had that at the JRTC before. So uh, great to see the the booster club for JRTC uh, taking shape. I, I couldn't agree more. And you know, it's it's a lesson to the rest of us that. Hey, if we want parents involved in vital, I mean, I, I know that the right. uh, Lieutenant Colonel Corbett and Sergeant Major Smith have worked to, you know, to get this started. They had some parents that were interested. And if you saw those pictures, I think you mentioned them, mm-hmm. but there's several. It's not like one or two sometimes what you will see, but there are several involved in supporting our scholars at the competitions. So before we get into athletics, I'm going to shimmy another topic in here real quick between uh, JRTC and athletics onto our little agenda, but uh, last night we got an opportunity to go to the uh, junior high uh, band concert, and this kind of kicks off our Christmas concert season. Right. I guess you could say between all the, the fine arts and then all the, the campuses doing their own thing. Uh, but what a fantastic way to kick it off last night. You had the sixth grade band who has only been – I mean, they've only had an instrument in their hands for three months. Right. And for them to go out and play the way they did was – unreal to me i can't imagine what if if we started right now me and you playing an <laughs> instrument from scratch what we would sound like in three months it wouldn't be nearly as good as it was last night and then to follow that up with the, the seventh and eighth grade bands the concert and symphonic and then the closing it out with the honors band just a really impressive showing and it kind of helps you see why our high school band is so good and the numbers i mean yeah. you know i think it was mentioned that we had almost 150 in that beginner band mm-hmm. I, I remember, and not to throw shade on anyone, but when my own children were involved, <laughs> and I think their first concert was like at the end of the school year, yeah. you know, and and we and she explained how they're not all in the same class, but when they got them together last night, they were fantastic. I mean, right. they really were, and uh, you know, just the the level of expectations mm-hmm. for our band program continue, continues to grow, and it doesn't happen without that program. But I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know who said it. If it was you or somebody else that said, "Hey, when our honors band gets out here, they're going to be better than <laughs> most for a varsity bands." And man, they closed it out. It was it was really really impressive. I don't know if I've used that word too much, but <laughs> I don't know what else you say. You just yeah. go in and you continue to be. You go. I'm not going to be surprised because I already I already expect a lot tonight. Mm-hmm. But then they were almost flawless uh, in their uh, three. Uh, numbers and it was fantastic and i like to see that mr bailey a new band director at the high school for us he goes down and i believe they said he does the the oboes and bassoons mm-hmm. and maybe the euphoniums i can't remember exactly yeah, i think what so all he does, yeah i think but, he said uh as he's walking out of the first of the sixth grade concert and he's walking out to go help him in the band hall and i think he he mentioned you know he said they i was they had never practiced before and she told me it'd be all right i was questioning it but she told me it'd be <laughs> all right and it was fantastic and so it's kind of cool to see those people who this is their first experience in it uh, and, and see their surprise and, and how great they thought it was. You know, what a lesson to us uh, how they, they've they never been together till that performance. I mean, right. 
they were usually they said had one morning practice altogether, but not this year. They couldn't they couldn't get it scheduled, and it's similar to us taking multiple elementaries in a sense mm-hmm. and merging into the in their intermediate school, and that you know just high standards across the board creates uh, success and and excellence. And so you start, certainly saw it last night. If you if you didn't get to see it, we're sorry that there's not a repeat performance because it was great. <laughs> All right, so but. Keep an eye on the newsletter next week because there might be a little clip in the newsletter from it. Oh, that's right. right, So athletics, uh, unfortunately, our our final district foe was eliminated from the playoffs last week. So, which means they get to release all district teams for football now. We did volleyball a couple weeks ago, and I'll run through the football all district real quick. But the co-utility player of the year is Cartier Collier. First team linebacker, Cade Lee. And first team offensive lineman was Giovanni Aguilar. Now we have a ton of second team kids. Right. Uh, second team running back Demarcus Belton. Second team outside linebacker DJ Clampett. Second team tight end Hunter Byerly. Second team offensive line Oscar Pulaski. Second team linebacker Cassius Johnson. Second team wide receiver Shamarian Lee. Uh, second team wide receiver Logan Burke. Second team defensive back Dorian Potter. Second team defensive line, Leland Hobson. Second team defensive line, Caden Mitchell. And second team punter, Caden Stevens. And some honorable mention, uh, honorable mention defensive back, Scholar DeThorne. Honorable mention defensive back, Aiden Harrington. Honorable mention kicker, Dax Clark. Honorable mention linebacker, Aiden Harris. Offense, uh, honorable mention offensive line, Wyatt Bohannon. Honorable mention offensive line, Brody Clements. An honorable mention, defensive line, Jordan Wright. And so I, something that kind of jumped out to me was the fact that some of these kids didn't play the full season. They yeah. came in at the end of the year or whatever, and some of them switched positions the last few games. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm like at the Marcus Belton second team running back, but really the last two or three games he didn't play running back. He right. was kind of that slot receiver and exactly. did everything. And Cassius Johnson was second team linebacker while also – Manning the the bulk of the running back running. duties the last two or three games, Caden Mitchell, you know moved in. Didn't I don't think he played the first district game. No, I don't. No, I don't think he did. Second team defensive line, Caden uh, Stevens, same thing. Came in towards the end of the year. Second team punter. Uh, what else? Jordan Wright, honorable mention defensive line. I think he was a move up from JV towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, it was honorable mention defensive line, and so. Uh, Fantastic job by everybody that earned some kind of recognition from all district, and what a what a tough district. I was say, it's pretty crowded field there to to try to get into the all on the all district team. Really happy for our kids, and, and you really, I think it honors the work of our coaches too. Definitely, and so also had the academic all district. Uh, so there we had uh, Gavin Rios, Cassius Johnson, Caden Farmer. Dax Clark, Israel Jarman, Brody Clemens, Giovanni Aguilar, and Lane DeVore. And then that's, an, that's another thing we didn't – you may have noticed somebody like Gavin Rios' name was was not on there as big of a role as he played, but he was injured before district started didn't get to play until the last game of the year with life. And then same thing with somebody like uh, Lance Sampson who didn't right. get to play during district at all, would have definitely been an all-district player. Certainly so. would have helped us. And then uh, – Academic All-State. We had several there as well. Giovanni Aguilar, Dax Clark, Caden Farmer, Israel Jarman, Cassius Johnson, and Gavin Rios are all second-team Academic All-State, which is 
fantastic. Yeah, it's not a give give me. <laughs> you no. know, they don't they don't just give that out. You have to earn that and it's uh it's high standards to get in into the uh to the academic all state. So certainly proud to see I think coach Walraven mentioned yesterday at our district site-based meeting that we have multiple academic All-State kids on the volleyball mm-hmm. uh, team and the football team, and so that's exciting. All right, so now football season, unfortunately, for your Alfredo Indians is officially over. <laughs> so now we're going to roll into basketball. And boys basketball, a lot of those football players, a lot of the kids we just mentioned making All-District uh, are now transitioned into basketball, and they have – Started with the, you know, foot on the gas. Right. Uh, off to a 7-0 start. Won the West Tournament this last weekend. Uh, the closest game was maybe 12 points. Right. I was going to say, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it wasn't really close. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't close at all. And then for the, the second podcast in a row, we get to celebrate uh, an Alvarado Indian reaching 1,000 points in their career. So, Shamar and Lee uh, eclipsed 1,000 point in the – I think it was Friday's win over Axtell. Right. Uh, that he got to 1,000 points, scored 21 points in the game, uh, but put him over 1,000. And then also uh, he finished off the weekend with a tournament MVP yeah, not <laughs> on a, Saturday. And not, so not a bad a, weekend. And he, he was, uh, and I think you mentioned this, played football for us, came out mm-hmm. and really helped us out on the football field and then turned right around. It certainly didn't hamper his basketball. <laughs> no, not at all. And then also making the uh, – all tournament team was Cartier Collier, uh, made the all tournament team down there in West and uh, boys basketball back at it again tonight. I think they go to Western Hills tonight. Then they have a right. uh, they travel for a tournament this weekend. Go to Mount Pleasant uh, for a, a big weekend and uh, hope they can keep things rolling. Girls basketball went one and three last week. Had a, a couple tough injuries on Tuesday against Arlington Heights and didn't get those girls back on for the tournament at Lorena. Went one and two in Lorena. Uh, got a big win over Belton. And then a, a tough loss, so just a one-point loss to a Columbus team that was right. at the state tournament last week, uh, last year. Uh, so I hate to see that, but uh, the girls push through. Probably, you know, you think about losing early on in the season, but you do it without a couple key players, and sometimes those losses help you get better having to go through that, that those learning experiences of playing without your top players. You know, it comes back to help you later on. And we're pretty young, too, on the girls' side. I was curious. They're 6-9 they're and nine right now. But I, I was looking at their schedule, all right? So their nine losses have come against teams who are a combined of 76 and 29. Wow. So they haven't been losing yeah, the schmoes. Yeah, they're right. <laughs> and that, and that's, like you said, kind of shorthanded. We've right. been without uh, key players in multiple games this season, not not just the injuries, but we, right. we were missing some uh, at other times. And then in their wins – they have six wins against teams who are combined 42 and 39. So the six wins again come against teams with winning records. Right. And one of those wins was against a team who was 1 and 12. So take them out of it, and it's five wins against teams who are 41 and 27. Wow. <laughs> so, That's great. So six and nine record is a little misleading. <laughs> and uh, another, a couple other tough ones this week uh, we'll talk about in our schedule. But they go to one of the top two teams in the state, Glen Rose, tonight on the road. Right. And then they have a, a team against Dallas Thunder. It's a homeschool team out of Dallas that uh, last couple of years we've played them and it's been very physical right. uh, game, is yeah. what uh, Coach Petit has told me. And so uh, another couple of tough ones this week before they start district. District is only a week away uh, whenever they start playing uh, with Waxhatchee Life. Wow, that's a, that is crazy. All right, so junior high girls basketball. 
had a tough night last Thursday. They uh, got swept by Ferris, but turned that around, and they hosted the first ever Melody Brooks basketball tournament at Alvarado Junior High, and a lot of success there on Friday night. Uh, had the eighth grade teams playing, and eighth grade A finished second place. Eighth grade B took first place, and then on Saturday had the two seventh grade tournaments, and seventh grade B took first place there. And so a, a great weekend for our junior high girls basketball program. Uh, have a little success early on in the season, and maybe that translates to more success here as we continue on in the season. They got a tough one with Godley this week, right? There, you know, and it's uh, great to see. I think we're improving at all levels, and oh, yeah. certainly the quality of play. And sometimes win-loss records, like you just mentioned, don't tell the whole story. I, I feel we're getting better at the lower levels, which, like you said, is only going to help our high school programs later on. And it was – I'm glad to see us hosting tournaments. Me I know, too. I think a little bit of it – I don't know for a fact, but I think a little bit of it probably has to do – last year we traveled to Kennedale for a basketball tournament in the – the team we were supposed to play Friday night, I don't I don't think they showed up. Yeah, we drove <laughs> over there and didn't even get to play. Right. And so uh you have your own you're going in control of those kind of things when you're hosting. Sure. So uh great to see that and I'd, great to see it. Maybe it grows in the future or anything, but uh great to see that and great to see him name it after Melody Brooks. She's a huge supporter of anything Alvarado Junior High related, but especially right. the athletics and uh still shows up at games occasionally. I know she Occasionally, we'll get texts on Friday nights because she's listening to the football game. Uh, she'll text us asking questions about what happened or anything. So, uh, great to see Miss Brooks. She's a big supporter of Alvarado ISD, even though she's no longer paid to be a supporter of Alvarado ISD. Right, and you know it's great for her to show up and help oh, yeah. hand out the trophies and everything. That's you know I know she travels a lot to be with family members and, and see her grandkids, but she made a special effort to be there. And I thought I know the kids and the coaches appreciated it. And junior high boys basketball went two and two against Ferris. Our eighth grade boys, both teams are off to two and zero starts, mm-hmm. uh, with a pair of wins over Venus and then a pair of wins over Ferris. Uh, looking forward to see what they can do this week as they, they travel to Godley and they don't have their tournament. They play. They travel to Glen Rose, I think, for a tournament in January. And so looking for big things there. And then Alvarado High School soccer started practice last week. Start scrimmages this week. I think the girls are hosting Brownwood on Friday, and the boys are traveling to Crowley on Friday. So uh, it's happening. It's about, I remember soccer. You used to not have any scrimmages till almost. I think it was Christmas yeah. break. Yeah, I was like, about for, to say that was after. Yeah, it was after the break, and so uh, getting started earlier and earlier. It's a little bit warmer right now than it probably will be when the season starts. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. Under, I mean, I, I understand why because if there's no other place to put it, but man. Soccer is so cold. <laughs> it, it is. And, you know, when they get on the field, for some reason, somebody just turns the temperature down. It, right. it, it, it gets colder. It, <laughs> and I know it, it gets dark earlier, but you can just almost expect it. If they're scrimmaging this weekend, it'll be cold. Right. All right, so now we're into our calendar portion. And, like I said, it started last night with our uh, junior high band concert. But on Tuesday, tonight, Tuesday, girls basketball is traveling to Glen Rose at 430 and 615. And then boys basketball is at Western Hills starting at 5, and then varsity will be at 7.30. A big game for the girls. Uh, Gunnero's ranked number two in the state right now, I think. Lost in the state championship game last year. Or lost in the semifinals last year, I believe. But uh, a big game for our girls, a big uh, uh, measuring stick game. Thursday, uh, a big night Thursday. Uh, Junior high boys basketball is at Godley. Junior high girls basketball is hosting Godley. 
varsity boys basketball is traveling to Mount Pleasant for a tournament. They're playing Jefferson at 6 p.m. And then also Lillian Elementary School and Alvarado Elementary North. uh, And Alvarado Elementary North (laughs) uh, Christmas programs will be at 6 p.m. on Thursday. Friday, December 8th, boys basketball, the varsity is back at the uh, Mount Pleasant tournament where they are playing Mount Vernon. Not to get confused with anything there, there's two mounts there. And uh, Varsity Boys is also in the afternoon. They'll be playing Sabine at 12.45. Girls basketball is hosting Dallas Thunder at 4.30 and 6.15. Girls soccer is hosting Brownwood at 4 and 5.30. It's a scrimmage. Boys soccer is at Crowley. They have three games, 4, 5.30, and 7.30. Also a scrimmage. And then talked about it for a few minutes. We can talk about it here in a second again. But Magical Old Town Christmas in downtown Alvarado at 6 p.m. And then Saturday – uh, it's a light day, just varsity boys at the Mount Pleasant tournament. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and junior high all region band tryouts. I oh, that's right. Yeah, they apologize, but yeah. So crazy busy week, uh, but I don't know if you wanted to touch on that magical old town Christmas anymore. But uh, that's happening Friday night. It's something now. APEC is a group separate from the city. They work together a lot, right? But it's not necessarily the city that was putting on the parade, but APEC. This is the city, and it's the, the Christmas tree lighting with Santa Claus and vendors and just kind of a little holiday Christmas downtown festival almost. And, you know, they're they're working really hard. They I don't know if you've been through the square at night, but they have really decorated it nice, and it resembles other communities that are really trying to make uh, part of their town a focal point, and we want the square to be that here in Alvarado, and so we hope to see lots of families out enjoying the. I think the weather's supposed to be good. It's, uh, I, I believe it's going to be fairly warm, warmer on Friday. So it'll be a nice night to be out. You don't have to worry about freezing to death. Right. And they're going to have, uh, like you said, all types of booths and and things. And hopefully some of our scholars will be there to perform. And so it'll be a great time for our whole for our entire community. And like you said, there's going to be lots of things to choose from on Friday night. <laughs> Probably bounce from things to uh, from one event to another. Just uh, getting to see our kids uh, and our scholars involved. It's great to it's great to see them supporting the community activities. All right, anything else you want to tackle or, or chat about before we go? Not to chat. Just just say we're really proud of our scholars and our educators. They've been pushing hard to raise academic standards and. We're seeing different data come across that's not even, it's not just Alvarado data, but some of the things that we do uh, with testing and assessing from outside the district that's showing marked improvement. And we, we've said it for years, we've said it on this podcast that our, our scholars can achieve at the highest levels, and it's great to see evidence of that. Uh, they've always done well, but we're really stepping up the game and excited about what that's going to mean as we move into the spring semester. All right, very good. And until next time, hashtag Alvarado Excellence.